With YouTube and Instagram and of course TikTok becoming more prominent than ever, the need to understand how to create exceptional video for your business has become more important today than ever before. And so to talk about this, I brought Nick Niehaus to tell us how we can use video production to grow our property management business and in order to become more operational efficient. So thank you for joining the PMP podcast. I'm RJ, your host. Well, thank you, Nick, for joining us. Um, I'm very excited about this. Uh, I have a background in video, and so this is something I'm very interested in, very passionate about as well. And so I'm really excited to pick your brain um, about video and how we can be using video to grow our business. So I want to first ask about your background. Um, obviously, I don't want to bring on just anybody to talk about. I want to have make sure some expertise there. So tell me, sure. uh, what is your background with video production and um, what is it that 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 your expertise in this area? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you know, I've been working in video for about seven years at this point. Um, for about the past three years, I've been running a business that I started with some some co-founders called Business Video School. Um, and so we teach small business owners, mostly in the real estate space, so primarily real estate agents, how to use video in their business. And really, you know, my uh, my background with video, I mean, I, I've done a lot. I, I used to do a live show every week called the Bourbon Friday Show. You know, I've done tons on all the different social channels. Um, what I've really found and one thing that we really emphasize with our students is that video now has become a form of communication. You know, so I think a lot of people kind of started out with video as a as a performance, as a public thing, as something that you don't really know who's going to see it. And that kind of creates all this intimidation and fear. And uh, I know a lot of people that, that, you know, five years ago knew they should be using video and still have not made one today, you know, and it's sort mm -hmm. of a huge shame because it should not be that complicated. It doesn't need to be that hard. So that's become kind of my passion and my drive when it comes to, to video in general is just helping people understand like, hey, this is this is just a new way we talk to each other. It doesn't need to be scary. It doesn't need to be intimidating. You just got to start using it, you know, so that that's often kind of our, our message through business video school. Absolutely. And I was looking at your website and one of the things I've really noticed, and, and you mentioned it just now as well, is mm -hmm. the idea of video communication. And I hear a lot of people talking about video content. And I think there's an important distinction between the two. Um, can you tell me how you see those being distinct? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you picked up on that because a lot of people, they don't, right? I mean, I think a lot of us are still sort of stuck on that that content track. And to be clear, video is absolutely a, a dominant, powerful form of content, you know? So when we talk about content, though, most people, at least everybody I've talked to, if you say that word, they think of something public, right? So content is things like, you know, stuff that's on your website, stuff that gets posted to social media, uh, maybe even ads that you're running. Video, yeah, absolutely, you should be using it there. So, so keep that in mind. But I do think there's this whole other side of video that that can actually have a faster impact. That that's kind of the crazy part of this is that it's much easier. It's a lot lower pressure, but it also has a bigger business impact. And so we focus on, you know, we we want people to use video in all aspects of their business. I think that's still the ultimate goal. But a lot of times, you know, it, it, it like I'll talk about some neuroscience for just a second. There's there's a part of your brain 
It's called the fusiform gyrus, um, which is the most, probably the only science term I'll, I'll say on the podcast <laughs> today. But um, it's this area of your brain that recognizes objects. And it even has a dedicated portion called the fusiform face area, because they ran out of fancy science words, um, that's, that's focused on faces. And that's all it does. It recognizes other human faces. And otherwise, it really doesn't turn on. It, it just sort of looks for faces all the time, you know? So what's crazy about that is, is every time we see another person, you know, one of the first things our brain does is kind of recognize their face. And it asks, the, it asks ourselves, hey, do I know this person? Have I seen them before? Am I familiar with them? You know, is this somebody I, I have run into at my local church or different groups I'm a part of? And that's all about trust, right? So, so there's this, this principle, familiarity principle. The more often we see someone, the more we automatically trust them. And that's the part I really help people try to focus in on with video is that I have choices. So every time I sit down to send an email, every time I sit down to potentially call somebody to, uh, you know, text them, whatever it might be, that that's sort of that more one to one style or, or one to a few style communication. That's where we should be using video. And that's kind of one of the last things a lot of people currently think about. So when we say communication, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about. We're talking about short video text messages. We're talking about videos an email. I mean, my favorite video to teach somebody to make first, if they've never done anything with video before, is to send happy birthday video messages. You know, you, you go to Facebook, you got the tab, notifications, all the birthdays, and there's a messenger button next to each one. You click it, you hit the record button, and you send them a, a 10 second video just wishing them happy birthday. And what I love about that is that people very quickly start to understand the difference in these forms of communication because. You send somebody a happy birthday video, they will remember it six months later. Like some of them, if you don't send them one the next year, we, we've had all kinds of cases of people being like, hey, where's my birthday video? Because they remember that, that you were the person that sent them that video message a year before. So to me, that's where a lot of people are really kind of lacking. It's where a lot of businesses are, are kind of overlooking a huge opportunity because when you make that transition, everything in your business improves. It's a better form of communication. People are going to understand more of the information when they can see you. And that, that's sort of an established science fact, but you can also show things, you know, you can't show something through a recording or text, right? But you can through a video. So there's all these layers to it. Obviously we could get into some of those in more detail, but I think that's the part people have to understand is that people will understand me more. I can empathize at a higher level. I can show more emotional communication. They're gonna remember it longer. And so where can I start to transition from current forms of communication to video and within a couple of weeks of doing just a, a couple of those things, you immediately start to see the impact. You know, people are remembering you more often. You're getting more return phone calls. You know, people remember more of what you told them, you know, so when you have these conversations through video, it sticks with them longer. They can go back and rewatch it again later. And I think once you see all of that, everything else becomes easier, right? Now it's, okay, this is just how I talk to people now, right? So if I'm going to do social media, if I'm going to do this more public post focused video, it's not the one video I'm making that month and there's all this pressure on it. It's just one of dozens, maybe hundreds of videos that I'm making that month. And, and it just becomes so much less complicated, so much less intimidating. Um, and I think that's that's a much better way to kind of approach it in my mind. Yeah, that, I completely agree with that. And the way I've seen video change is if you think back again, when we first started getting videos, it was primarily used for, again, movies and and. Yeah. Again, eventually TV shows when that came became a thing. And so it's again talking to a broad people. And as videos become more democratized, what we've actually seen is becoming more individualized. And so the fact that you can go right. and use a video to mention someone by name, as you said, happy birthday, or to just give them a very personalized message is so important. And to, to play on that, 
uh, I've had some real estate agents I have worked with. They do send birthday cards, but it's a birthday card that shows up in the mail. And right. look, I, there's there's value to that, admittedly. Like at least it gives me top of mind. But sure. I get so much stuff on my birthday, and there's so much mail coming in, and it's just another thing in this big pile. And frankly, I, I just put it in the trash. It doesn't have any value to me. But if they right. actually did send a video to me where they actually – mentioned me by name and I'm again like you pointed out recognizing this faces then it because it w- it, yeah that would be a complete game changer I've never had that happen so um it'd be really really cool to see someone actually remember my birthday and wish me a happy birthday on a video that'd be a, a great experience but so now that we have this idea that we're having two kinds of video there's the individualized video communication and then there's right. the video content that is broader for a wider audience um where do we start? How do we start actually making the video content? Well, and I, that's, yeah, it's a great question. I think that number one, you just have to start as simply as possible. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that's the, you know, so the, there's a lot of answers to this question and you're going to get a lot of different opinions. And I think that what happens is a lot of the, the guru types, you know, the, the influencers, the types of folks that we typically learn about these things from, I mean, they're, they're five years in, 10 years in, in some cases, you know, I've been using these tools for, for a long time. And part of why we started business video schools, we went out there and we were sort of looking like at the time we were working just with clients in the studio, we we're making their videos for them. And then we figured, Hey, we, we make their first video or two, like they're going to go start making their own videos. Right. You know, you think they sort of keep using it, especially because a lot of them got such great results from that first video and they weren't. And so we started to kind of go look, go look into it. Right. And so what we found is that a lot of the people that teach on this stuff, they teach strategy, right? They teach this very high level stuff like, Hey, mm-hmm. go make this video and put it in this place. And then we asked kind of the people that were sitting in those audiences, they're like, well, yeah, but how do I make the video? Like, that's that, that's what I need help with. I need the, the the sort of basic step by step. So I think, you know, whenever you hear that kind of advice, I think it, if you're listening to this, you got to kind of remember, where am I at, right? So where, where is that person at in their experience with this tool? But where am I? And can I slot into somewhere on their journey that isn't necessarily where they are today, right? So that's that's kind of the way I started to look at this is, where did they start? What did their first few videos look like? How complicated were they? And what's interesting is if you look at the people with hundreds of thousands of YouTube subscribers and you go back to their very first videos, they were very basic, right? I mean, they don't have Mm -hmm. much editing on them. They're shot with just a phone. They didn't go out and buy lights and a bunch of equipment and a a crew or any of that kind of stuff, right? They just started simple and they iterated. But the, the key is, and this is true for all of them, they were consistent. And at this point, they've made at least hundreds of videos, you know, they just kept doing it. So, so that in mind, I think you, you start as simple as you can, right? Birthday video messages, I think is so simple. This doesn't require any equipment. Um, you don't need any, you know, you do it through your phone. You have to do it through your phone because you're using the Facebook messenger app to send those messages anyway. And then from there, it's, it's all just, you know, what, what else can I do that doesn't require any sort of equipment, right? So I like to work through the phone as much as you can. There's plenty of apps for editing. There's plenty of apps even for recording and adding filters and, you know, kind of whatever you want there. Ignore all of it when you first get started. I, I think it's much, much better to sort of focus on eye contact with the lens, you know, just the real basic things, proper framing, make sure that your head is in sort of the top half of the image. So you're not, you know, creating this weird effect where you're cutting your head off right right at the bottom of your chin. Um, you know, you're just trying to create this, this experience that I'm sitting in front of you, right? I mean, that, that's kind of what video is supposed to do. So I think if you focus on just those things, um, you know, one, one really simple tip on lighting is just turn toward the light. 
Um, there's usually going to be a window in the room where you're recording. In fact, uh, sometimes I'll even turn off the overhead lights. So I'm just sort of facing a window. I've got nice ambient light sort of sort of illuminating my face. But that's it, right? And I think a lot of people, the problem is they go past that. They start going, well, I want to look, I want to look really good. I want to make sure I look perfect mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And then they don't make any videos, you know? And I think that's, you got to ask yourself if the thing you're concerned about doing correctly is preventing you from hitting record or, or preventing you from sharing something you made, then you've overcomplicated it, right? You should take a step back and do something simpler. So when you know that you have this floor of like, hey, if I can't do anything else, I just got to go on Facebook. There's almost always a birthday and send one person a birthday video. I mean, that means that there's no excuses anymore, right? I mean, you, you sort of don't have a reason to get out of making something. And once you've done it a few dozen times, and, and again, these are 10 second videos, this isn't elaborate stuff. So that might be a week. Now you've gotten over a lot of those initial qualms, right? And so I think there are people who are past that. There are people who have a lot of like stage speaking experience, things like that, that can maybe dive in a little bit further down that, that path. But even they have told me, because we have some of them in our school, I appreciated going back and starting at the beginning. I kind of realized how much I was overlooking and and I like the intimacy of, of that kind of one-to-one -one type of video communication, right? So mm -hmm. almost yeah. everybody, I think you start there and then you sort of iterate a little bit at a time. So I'm kind of curious then, do you think that when you're starting in that initial process where you're just making your first video and is it, can you make a bad video? Yeah, a lot of people think they could, right? And they worry that they're gonna. Um, I mean, it's a hard question to answer because the truth is, sure, of course you can make a bad video. I mean, but what, what I would say is it's not, the, the bad videos are not what most people think. It's not that you look bad. It's not that your voice sounds funny. It's not that you're framed incorrectly. Like bad video is like, I cannot hear what you're saying, right? Like you you hit record and your mic wasn't plugged in, so I can't hear you, right? Like that yeah. that is to me, like you gotta get that right, you know? But these are very simple things to get right, you know? And if you mess it up, you just watch it back. Oh crap, my mic wasn't plugged all the way in. Like I've definitely done that before. And then you mm -hmm. plug it in, you test it and you re-record, right? So you, you don't let those things become a reason not to do it. Otherwise, I mean, it is, here's the thing that happens. I mean, for, for those of you that are kind of concerned about, you know, how people are gonna judge you and all that. The number one thing people see when they see someone else put a video in front of them is they think about themselves making that same video. You know, they're they're not looking at you going, oh, your your hair's a little out of place. You know, like I've had some people, oh man, my hair was like sticking out a little bit on the side. They're not noticing that. They're going, wow, you had the guts to make a video? Like that's that's impressive, you know? Like, wow, I've never done anything like that. So I've seen all these cases where somebody is fretting and worrying and ah, my hair and this and that. And then they put the video out there on social media, you know, again, which is a little more public than I would start with, but they do. And they get like a hundred comments and they're all positive. Every single person, this is great. Good for you. You're finally doing this. Like I could, I don't have the guts to do this kind of stuff. And it's just all, I mean, imagine like a hundred people, like when have we ever done anything that a hundred people congratulated us for, you know, that's like, <laughs> yeah. like getting married or having a baby or the only other things you get that kind of engagement on, you know? So, so I think that's, that's the thing folks have to understand is a lot of times the things that are bad in your video make you a real person. You know, that's mm -hmm. the stuff somebody sees and, oh, they said, um, but they, but they still posted it like, okay, cool. Like they're, they're not too obsessed, you know? And when we work quite honestly, it's like, we work with a lot of real estate agents, but you know, a lot of business owners and, you know, people can have like, especially with real estate agents, like there's sometimes this opinion that there are certain agents that are a little stuck up, you know, a little full of themselves. <laughs> and so when you put something out that's not perfect, you counteract that, right? Hey, look, I'm yeah. a real person. I'm willing to make some mistakes. I'm willing to be unpolished. That makes you much more relatable. 
Um, and I, you know, reality is I'd much rather see a video where the person seems a little uncomfortable and they um and all just a little bit, but they put it out than to see something that's over edited and sort of manufactured in a way that makes them sound a little bit more polished, but just feels fake, you know, and, and obviously authenticity is a big part of this. So, so like, yeah, so, you know, that being said, yeah, if you, if you're like, you know, if the camera lens is still on the camera, so there's no visual, you know, like there are ways to mess up a video when you start, but they're they're pretty significant and you're going to notice them all, all the other stuff is is completely acceptable yeah authenticity is, is really the key uh, i think that people need to be focusing on oh, and yeah. not authenticity is way more important than quality at least from my perspective and i'm sure you'd agree with that um yeah. because oh, yeah. even even when i'm looking at some videos that pop up on instagram and tiktok and it's like okay these are funny videos but i can just also tell that they're fake and so how much fake stuff there right. people are surrounded by when you are able to show this on authenticity, that authenticity rises above all the fake quality content that gets put out there. And that's – so I totally, totally agree that the authenticity, authenticity is the more important part to focus on. Um, I'm curious about your experience here as well. Uh, would you say that the technical aspects of video production or the – I'll say performance, the on-screen – presentation uh again I don't, what do you say a performance because it's again we're trying to focus on authenticity here but the on-screen um, well side, right yeah yeah which would you say is the harder part for most people to master well what i will say is um they're very different they're both challenging and, and but they're challenging and very like it's weird right like i've, I've worked mm -hmm. with i've done marketing for pretty much my whole career i've worked with all kinds of different small businesses um, and I've trained people on a lot of things too. I used to kind of work in coaching and training for years. And so I, I've seen people trying to learn a lot of new things and I've never seen anything like folks trying to learn to use video. I mean, it is, it is quite remarkable, like how much there is to kind of figure out and process through here. Now, when you get to the other side of it, I mean, it's an amazing skill set to, to have, you know, not even a mastery of, but just even a basic understanding of, because it's such a powerful tool. But to answer that, they're very different, right? So if you're a younger person who has a lot of tech experience, you know, like a, a millennial or younger, and you just sort of have grown up with tech, that part's probably not going to be that hard, you know? And, and in mm -hmm. fact, there like, there are apps on your phone that you can do pretty much full scale video editing on now. I mean, you can get like CapCut on your, on your phone and you can almost make like TV shows or movies with all the different features these things have. It's, you know, so, you know, it's very accessible now. And, and if you're sort of tech savvy, it's easy to do. Um, now the on-camera part that tends to be harder for for those individuals, right? Because they're they're sort of overthinking it. And then there's a category. I mean, you get under sort of 25. These people grew up using video as a form of communication, so to them, it's it's piece of cake, you know. Um, older folks, which we tend to work with, folks kind of over the age of 50, because most real estate agents are, um, they're going to probably struggle with both, and and it's, it sort of depends on the person. So some of them. You know, they've they've maybe they've worked in a sort of public facing job in the past and they feel a little bit more confident, you know, delivering that that presentation. But what I will say is for people that have experience with public speaking, for instance, a lot of times they think you're going to come in and make a video and you're going to be fine. They're usually better. They're usually, you know, like experience does transfer, but it is a very distinctly different experience to talk to a crowd of people who are reacting to you and, and giving you energy and all that versus you're standing in a room alone and you're talking into a piece of plastic and glass and metal, you know? And so, so there is some intimidation still for them. So I think, you know, if, if you are in that category where technology is, is sort of frustrating or you have trouble kind of picking up new things, 
what I recommend for those folks is just keep your videos simple at first, you know, just don't don't do any editing, right? I mean, just simply shooting something and posting it to Facebook technologically is, is relatively easy to learn to do. And then just pay somebody to edit it. I mean, we're getting to a point where you can hire, especially if you hire somebody who's, who's based overseas, I mean, you can get videos edited for a few dollars a piece. I mean, 10 bucks mm -hmm. a video on Fiverr and places like that. So, so the technology is what holds somebody back. There are solutions. AI may give us a solution for the whole being on camera <laughs> part, although I don't, I don't know how much people are going to like watching AI videos of us. Um, so that may go away, but in my experience, again, back to that authenticity thing, and you know, especially if you're just sending one-on-one -on -one video messages, you don't need an AI version of yourself for that. Um, so I do think getting comfortable on camera, I think that's probably the core skill, right? So it's mm -hmm. kind of a long answer to the question. So, but I think that's the one that's most important. It's much harder to outsource. It's key to your ability to communicate with other people is kind of learning how to be charismatic through that camera lens. Um, and that's the one that there's probably the biggest learning curve for, you know, I mean, you can sort of sit down and learn to edit videos over a couple of days if you really want to cram it, um, getting compelling on camera, you know, learning to, to be somebody who people can't help but just watch the whole video because it's, it's so engaging. That is that's a killer skill over the next 50 years. You know, that's one of those things that that's going to be a big differentiator, uh, especially because of the pandemic, because people just got much more used to this idea of, of having to be separate physically and having to communicate virtually and digitally. And then there was a swing back, you know, once we kind of came out of that period, we were, oh, I don't want to keep doing Zoom. God, that was so frustrating. <laughs> now we're coming back, right? Now people go, oh, maybe Zoom wasn't so bad. If I don't have to drive an hour across town to do a half hour coffee meeting. I'm going to do Zoom, you know? So I, I think we're starting to see again this this growth in this area of like, hey, if you can be good on camera, that skill is going to differentiate you for sure. Yeah, I, I, I would I would definitely agree with that analysis. I think, I mean, for me, the technology side has always been the really easy part. And then when I get in front of the camera, I, I mean, it took me a lot of practice. Um, and actually, I want to give some tips from my experience doing this. And yeah. if I, you have tips as well, I'd love to hear what you have. But when I first started doing this, um, well, first of all, uh, I had a speech impediment where I could not pronounce words properly. Like I could not say father properly, mm -hmm. the TH sound until uh, I was in uh, college and I'd really focus on it and really train myself to do this and a lot of other things. And what I actually ended up doing was I uh, started that I decided I wanted to take this, this weakness and turn it into a, a strength. And so I started doing voiceovers in order to just get a lot of exposure to speaking and in hearing myself speak and having that, that feedback where I could talk and then hear myself talking back and make those adjustments as I needed to, to be able to get past that and be able to speak better. And doing that same thing with video where you record a bunch of video content you don't have to post it, you don't have to share it, but if you're just starting off and this is the area that people are weak on, record a lot of video content and then watch it back, see what you like, see what you don't like, and then tr just try to do it again and again and again. Um, part of it is that when people hear their voices, it is uh, not a very pleasant experience when people first start doing right. this. And so it's a lot sure. of just experience of saying, oh my gosh, do I actually look that way? Do I see that way? Even the whole point that, we see ourselves when we look in a mirror, it's reversed from whatever right. everybody else sees. And so now the camera looks different than what we're used to. So there's so much that goes on that is normal. Everyone else looks at it and says, oh, no, it's great. It's perfectly fine, but it just seems so wrong to us. And so being able to go and, and just have to do, do those uh, again and again, that repetition to get past that, 
Um, that's something I've personally used and found effective. Are there any other strategies that, that you teach your students? Sure. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, I fully agree with that. I think that's a great idea. I do think um, the part about watching the video back is is maybe even more important. You know, I mean, obviously mm -hmm. the, the repetitiveness of, of doing it and learning to just present and all that. But but yeah, that, that sort, sort of like, like um, what, uh -huh. what are th part of that would also be to if you're planning on editing also to actually go through and do the edit, even if you're not planning to share anywhere. So that way you understand mm -hmm tricks to be able to edit better but sorry sorry i just want to add oh yeah yeah it. no yeah yeah whole process right i mean yep. any, anything you want to practice you should right um and and i think you know that that's a big reason i i like video messages is because you know you're gonna share it you know you're gonna send it to the person there's almost no point in making it if you're not going to use it um mm -hmm. and that's going to force you to to just go through the whole process as a result right so but yeah i think i think you know watching the stuff back you know here you're right. I mean, obviously, I, I love the the point about the mirror, and, and we all see ourselves flipped in reverse, and we're the only person that sees ourselves that way, right? Um, there's also the fact that like when you talk, you hear your own voice as much deeper in your head because of the way it uh, vibrates the bones in your head, and nobody else hears that. So our voices are always higher than we expect them to be. That stuff, though, is you get used to it. I mean, like I, I've recorded. I mean, I probably recorded over a thousand hours of video content at this point in my career. And if you go back and I listen to a lot of this stuff, like I, I don't, I still don't really like listening to myself. It's not like I'm like, Oh, I can't wait to go watch an hour long training I recorded. Um, yeah. but it doesn't bother me anymore. Like it doesn't right. sound weird. It doesn't look weird. Like there's nothing uncanny about it at all. Um, which is, you know, that's just where you got to get, you know, you just got to get to this point where it's like, look, if, if this is a form of communication, it's not for some people and not for other people. It's like, we're all going to use it to one degree or another. You know, that's again one of those things. The sooner, you know, we're in a race in my mind here. Oh, that was weird. My phone just started making noises. Um, but we're kind of in a race at this point. You know, it's like we're in a situation where the people who get good at these things fastest are going to win much more business than everybody else. I mean, you're already seeing it, right? I mean, you, some of these people that got up and started experimenting on YouTube five years ago are pulling transactions left and right every single day from these channels now. You know, and so, so that's, that's the point, right? It's like you, you know, yes, there's the skills, but there's the comfort, right? And the comfort a lot of times comes from acceptance. It comes from this idea of like, all right, if I, you could take the same video and just rewatch it a hundred times and you're going to start to get sort of used to hearing your, your voice and seeing yourself. So that, that's a big one. Um, I think, you know, one, one of the things that when you're getting started that really helps a lot is to understand, you know, we're talking about this as communication that that's obviously important, but to understand who you're trying to attract. You know, I think that there's some some aspects of marketing here. Video is so much more intimate, it is so much more public, it's so much more meaningful and impactful that you do need to be a little careful. You do need to think about who is this video for, you know? And so I think another big thing when you're starting is, um, you know, I'll sit down with a lot of our, our clients and say, look, you know, do you have a customer avatar? Have you defined the kind of person that you're trying to attract with your content? And that can be, on the easy end, it can be based on people you already work with. If you just want to find more people like them on the complicated end, you can sort of build it from scratch and sort of create this ideal person that you'd like to start working with, but you don't currently have access to. Um, if you do that, which is hard work, I mean, that's that's not something a lot of folks have already done, but that then gives you topics to talk about because that's another area that a lot of people struggle with a lot is what should I make my videos about? And then they tend to go copy their competitors. So they go, I don't know what to make my videos about. Okay, that guy made a video. That seems like a good video. I'm going to go make my own version of that. Nothing necessarily wrong with that unless you attract the wrong people with it, right? So, mm -hmm. so you got to think about who am I trying to attract? 
Now, it's going to prevent you from attracting the wrong ones, but the more important part is it helps you attract the right ones, right? So it's going to give you, um, we call them content pillars. You know, you kind of pick these like three up to maybe five topics that you just come back to over and over and over again, you know? So for instance, like uh, one of my content pillars is soccer. Like I just love soccer. My family plays soccer. Um, it's an area I build rapport around a lot with people. We, we, we I'm in St. Louis. Our, our MLS team is actually starting for the first time here in about a month. So it's like big news. Everybody's really pumped up about it. Um, that's how I tend to, you know, one of the topics I tend to kind of build relationships around, right? So if I'm going to make content, I don't know what to talk about. Soccer, you know, so just thinking about it that way, like what are a few things I have in common with my customer that I can talk about regularly? Um, that's going to clarify that aspect of it, right? So then then you kind of know what to talk about. You've got themes you can come back to over and over again. Um, so there's a couple things. Obviously, there's there's a million sort of tips and tricks on video. Yeah. But I think when you're when you're first getting started, you want to focus on just a, a couple kind of core concepts. And so if you just practice, get used to seeing yourself and try to understand, you know, what are those few things I should talk about every time? You're going to be in a much better spot than most people today. Yeah, totally makes sense. I want to switch this around so we talked a lot about in this use of using video more of trying to attract clients and to to attract more business what about again since we're focusing here on property management trying mm-hmm. to do more um communication with existing uh, so like a uh, the, the the property owners or, or the tenants um do you have you ever had right. any experience on on how video can be used in these areas to again build the relationships with the um, existing or, or just um, communicating information just in, in a normal day-to-day way, not just you know sending the birthday message, but something about giving them updates about the property or informing them about things. Can we use video in those contexts? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, I think customer service is an area where video probably has the biggest impact. You know, I mean, it, it's an incredible marketing tool, but in terms of feeling like you have an actual relationship with the company you're, you're doing business with. And there are different attitudes in property management, right? I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. some sort of landlords and folks that are managing these properties that that don't want the tenants to feel like they know them very well, right? So I get that, mm-hmm. but you're, you're, there's just so much you can do here. And, and in a lot of ways too, it's like, look, one of the biggest benefits of this would be just as an example is like, look, if I, if I start communicating with my tenants through video and they can see that I'm kind of willing to communicate this way, they're going to be a lot more likely to want to communicate that way. And whenever there's a problem, if you get a video of it from them, that's going to be a lot easier to understand than even just pictures, you know? So, so that's kind of very one, you know, Hey, the, the toilet's not working. All right, send me a video. And then I can almost diagnose the problem from here, know how urgent it is, you know, all those kinds of things. Right. So I think, you know, from that standpoint, getting the clients, you know, the tenants to start to understand, Hey, it's, it's a good thing to communicate back to me with video is a huge part of it. Um, and then I also just think, you know, there's a lot like we forget in business that that people work with people. They don't work with companies. Mm-hmm. Right. In fact, like the reason that companies have things like slogans and logos and mascots and all that kind of stuff, it's like they want to be humanized. Right. Like like when we we see uh, insurance commercials, they're always like people and they're they're funny sketches mostly. Right. And and it's like you're, you're trying to like kind of get it's almost like they have all these comedians that they have out there sort of building these relationships with you because who gives a crap about insurance, right? Like we don't, we don't care. We're not like, we don't think about our relationship with our insurance company. So they create kind of these surrogates, right? To, to try to get us to, to feel a sense of connection with them. We can do that ourselves though. So I think whenever we have people in the business that can communicate through video, put a face to a name. Um, here's a big one, show empathy. 
I mean, this gets overlooked in business so much, right? But this idea of just sort of like, hey, yeah, if you had a problem, you, you send me the message and we'll take care of it. Well, a 10 second video message is saying, hey, I'm, I'm really sorry you're dealing with that. Um, yeah, we're, we're definitely going to get that fixed for you. Um, we're going to come through and take care of it. I mean, that's that's night and day different, right? I mean, one is a faceless company that you probably just assume is going to ignore you. The other is like, wow, somebody took the time to send me a video message. And now I've, I've got this this person and I, I've seen them and I know their name. And, and, and you know, they told me they're going to follow up in a few days. And if the rest of the process from there doesn't change at all, the one that sent the 10 second video message, they're just a much better experience, right? They feel like you're much more mm -hmm. on top of things. They feel like you care. Even if you don't care, I mean, you know, they're going to feel like you care because you, you, you had, took the time to, to smile on camera for two seconds, you know. And I think that's that's in a lot of ways the, the big takeaway there, you know. So, so yeah, if you want to hide behind your business name and just sort of be a faceless entity, there are still plenty of ways you can use it, right? I mean, you can record video that just doesn't have you on camera. So if you can show people uh, a big one for, for tenants is like, if you got a bunch of stuff in, in the unit or, or on the property, somebody needs to know how to use or how to access, you can record videos showing them how to do that stuff. I'll tell you right now, written instructions versus a video of a person just doing the things, 10 times easier to understand the video, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. they're, they're going to watch oh, it yeah. once go, oh, yeah, I just see in that code there and I open this door and I flip this lever and I'm good, right? You print that out on a one sheet or people are going to mess it up. So there's, there's ways to do it from that sense too. But I think the empathy part, you know, I think that's a big, big part of this, you know, and I think you got to remember, like, you know, the economy right now, like I've just kind of a shortage of this stuff. So it's not hard to necessarily find tenants. But if you're ever in an environment where it was a little trickier, like, don't you want to be the company that people are like, yeah, I, I loved living there. I mean, I, I had this connection with this person. They, they can even share some of the videos with a friend. Look, look, I had this problem. They sent me this 10 second video saying they're going to take care of it. That's the stuff people talk about, right? That's the kind of stuff that, that increases word of mouth, that increases referrals. So even though you're focusing on it as a customer service thing, it will he'll have a business business growth impact as well. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, the whole idea about people like doing business with people, uh, we did it at the, a company I used to work for. We had more Google reviews than all the other property management companies. Sorry, let me phrase it again more five-star Google reviews than all of our property management companies combined had Google reviews, um, period. Wow. Um, so it was a lot. Yeah. And we looked at the, the, the those cloud charts, I forget there, where they basically shoot at the word clouds, that's, that's what I'm thinking of, where they'll show um, the size of words based off of how often it shows up in all of these reviews. And right. when you look at all the negative reviews, you would see the company name a bunch of times. If you look at all the positive reviews, the big bubbles were people's names. Or, oh, yeah, positive reviews have people's oh. names. And the idea is so clear that when people are happy, it's because they had this they had a person that they're working with. It was an individual, right. and they could see this very visually by with this cloud bubble. And to what you're saying, using the video in these ways, I think really helps to sell that to to, to make it actually a person that people are dealing with. Um, so what mm -hmm. are some actual tools that people can use, like uh, maybe some online services or apps? What, what are some actual tools that people can use to actually start doing this communication? Yeah. Well, so there's there's a lot of options out there. Um, I'm just going to list some names for you. So you got, mm -hmm. um, personally, I use a tool called Vidyard, V-I-D-Y-A-R-D. Um, it's one of the sort of simpler video messaging tools. You can insert video into to both text and email with it. 
Um, there are some that, that I'm actually kind of like right in the in the the period of kind of exploring, experimenting with a little bit. So one is called Dub D U B B. Um, another is called Loom L O O M. Um, both of those are you know. So what, what's happened in the space is like there you know all these all these tools kind of emerge and they do one very specific, very narrow thing. You know, it's so like Loom came out and it was mostly a screen recording app, right? Um, and then it, and then they start to add features. So we're kind of in this this period right now where they're they're sort of eating each other or they're adding features that they copy each other, right? So in, at a yeah. point, like they all sort of felt different. Now they're starting to feel like they're all kind of the same thing. So you know, if you look at like Loom and Dub, and they have a little bit different. Um, there's also Bomb Bomb. Bomb Bomb is a really big one in real estate. Um, what I will say about like Bomb Bomb and Vidyard is they are a little simpler. They they sort of just do the one thing, which is video messaging. They don't have a lot of other bells and whistles. Um, Dub and Loom do seem to be adding more features faster. So, so there's so there's four, which is probably more than you need. Um, but but if you want to sort of look into those for video messaging, and then um, you know other tools that that I really like. I mean, uh, there's an app called Big View, B I G V U, uh, which is a teleprompter video recording app. You can use to to use scripts. So if you need to have something that's pre-recorded with a script, you can do that. Um, and then I've already mentioned CapCut as as an app on the phone for editing, but on the computer. Um, I like the the platform Kapwing, K-A-P-W-I-N-G. Um, it's a cloud-based video editor, so you can actually start your projects and access them mid-project from any computer, any device, and including your phone. Um, and then you can also share those with somebody who's editing with you, so it's sort of very flexible. Um, a lot of really cool sort of editing features, so definitely a, a few things to look into. But again, I always look at it, and I will say this at this point, our rule um, when it comes to equipment or uh, techno, so any kind of tech, right? Equipment, mm -hmm. software, apps, things like that. The rule we always teach people is you should not buy one, you should not download one, you should not access one until you've encountered the problem that that tool solves. So it's it's a little bit, so, so we really encourage people with video because there's such a temptation to procrastinate. Um, we really encourage people to have dealt with the problem first, to have gotten frustrated because they couldn't get past it without an additional tool, then to purchase the tool. Otherwise, and I've seen this happen like dozens of times, people will buy a bunch of stuff first thinking, oh, I need all this to, to do video. And then it sits in their house for years. Like I know several people basically have a full professional video studio in their basement and they don't make videos. <laughs> so, you know, because it just made the mountain bigger, right? It just be, oh, well, yeah. now I now it's not to make a video. I got to learn to use this light and I got to learn to use that that microphone and the software and all that. So, so that's the one caveat, right? Just be very careful about like, I'm giving you a list of different things you could look into if you want to, only look into them when you're sure you need some sort of solution to a problem, right? And if you do it that way, then you're also going to immediately implement it. It's gonna, it's gonna resolve an issue for you. So you're gonna put it to use right away. Um, and it's not gonna become a, a way to procrastinate. So just keep that in mind too. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, the poster child for that kind of equipment is a, a video gimbal, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, no, I know. Nobody uh, asks so, about gimbals anymore. I used to get questions on gimbals all the time, you know, and, and now because of the phones, like the stability is basically built into the phones now. Like I haven't had a question oh, they've on gimbal. So good. They, yeah, they, they've, they've gotten so good. And even some of the mirrorless cameras with, um, yeah, the, the stabilization they have up in the body. It's just, it's, it's amazing on how good that stuff is getting. And, you know, the, the, I think people started using gimbals and, Again, there's some uses uses for them that are nice, but the the the, the balancing and the, and the headaches involved with them are just there's so much that I think a lot of people are just kind of tired of them. Right. Yeah, at least I am. I oh, can yeah. speak for myself here. Um, 
Yeah. So I want to absolutely. talk more uh, in these last couple of minutes here um, about your, your the business video school and sure. what it, what it is and how it benefits the people who uh, the students that are part of that. Yes. Sure. So business video school, um, it's an online school. We, we sort of specialize in teaching primarily real estate agents how to use video, um, but we are open to anybody. So what I will say is when I say we specialize in real estate agents, that just means that our examples tend to be about real estate, right? That's mm -hmm. really about it, right? So if you if we have a, a video script or we have an example of something, a lot of times it's going to reference real estate. So if you're at all involved in the real estate industry, it's all going to fit really well, right? Um, now, what we do and kind of how it works, I mean, we... I, I'm honestly surprised how much we offer at this point. Um, it can be both a good and bad thing. Um, so we're still, you know, relatively small business. We're still about three years in at this point. Um, but there's just so much to learn when it comes to video. I mean, it's it's sort of like teaching people a whole new language while also teaching them how to perform on stage at the same time, and then teach them how to run all the equipment in the in the theater as well. You know, I mean, there's just so many components. So we tell, you know, we always tell people, look, I mean, we built our school to allow you to take gradual, consistent steps towards building video habits. That's what it's really all about, right? So we really focus on, hey, let's let's start you on the absolute very first step. We're not going to skip anything. So like our very first course um, is literally we teach people a six-step video creation process. So six steps you can go through with just a phone or webcam to create a very, very basic video, right? And so we usually have them make uh, like, a, like a 30 to 60 second intro video where they just tell us how they got into the business as a way to get started. And then everything builds on that, right? So we've got nine mm -hmm. different courses. A lot of them we teach live. Um, some of them are just pre-recorded and they're all recorded so our students can access them at any time. Um, we have weekly Q&A sessions. If they run into any problems, they can come in and ask us. Uh, we have challenges. So the, cha the challenge is a lot of fun. We actually sort of split up into teams and see which team can have the highest uh, completion rate for the challenge. So it was a different themed video. And we sort of have a contest to see who gets the most uh, participants to make their video during that time. So those are great because for people that are having trouble kind of getting off the fence, a lot of times they'll say, hey, look, I, I joined the school and I took some classes and I still didn't make a video. And then I did a challenge and I finally made a video because I had my, my peers, you know, all that peer pressure to get it done. Um, so those are a lot of fun. And then you know, we, we do, we have video recipes, which is a script plus an example of us making that scripted video plus step-by-step -step instructions, the social media posts pre-written for them, assets they could use when they make the video. So it's pretty much everything you need, except you need to just get on camera and read the script back into it, right? So so that's that's kind of an overview, right? Sort of all these different bells and whistles. There's, there's other things we do too. Um, but what I try to really emphasize to folks is one of the, we had a lot of different things we could have done with the school. So we have all these different courses, all this different stuff. We could just sell it individually. You know, hey, 500 bucks for this course, 1,000 bucks for the next one, so on and so forth. What we decided to do is we actually made it a membership. So it's 97 bucks a month or 970 bucks for a full year. And you get access to everything during that time. And so we always tell people, do not come in and try to take it all at once. You know, do not try to move as fast as you can through this. In fact, if you want to come in for a few months, take the first course, do a challenge or two, take a few video recipes, and then leave for a few months to practice, like that, that's fine. We're okay with that mm -hmm. because this is a long-term learning curve. You know, I mean, I've, I've been doing video, like I said, for probably, probably almost seven years now, and I'm still learning stuff all the time. Technology is changing constantly. I mean, this stuff just, just, you know, especially now with the AI aspect of video sort of emerging too. And so I think that's that's what's important to understand is take your time, you know. So so even if you do, if you go with us or you go to, to YouTube and you're learning on your own, 
give yourself lots of leeway, give yourself lots of grace, you know, assume this is going to take you years to get really good at. And if you do it that way, you're, you're going to get there, right? And I think it's the folks that go, it's a little crazy to say, I've been waiting four or five years to start doing something and then expect to get good at it in six weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But unfortunately, oh, yeah. I do think sometimes we, we fall into that trap. You know, I just, oh, I'll just go in and, and get really good really fast. Um, just take it one step at a time. You do it that way, you're, you're going to get results faster than you, you probably really realistically expected to. And it's it's consistency. I think that's the most important thing. It's marketing and you know, almost anything we do in business. Show up every day, do it consistently. Don't worry about perfection. Just worry about getting it done every single time. Um, and you're going to get there a lot faster, I think. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really good. I just I think the idea of having a, a structured class where you can actually get feedback on the mm -hmm. content you're making, you know, have it built up where it's not just a case of going onto YouTube and trying to like figure out how to do things based off of that. And of course, um, being up to date on what new is coming down uh, in technology wise and apps and features. Uh, right. There's so much, again, like you, you mentioned AI a couple of times and it's, it's, right. it's really crazy on how much that is exploding in the past couple of months. So um, yeah, it sounds like it's a, it's a really good school. Um, and how can people find that? Yeah, I mean, so easiest way to find us is just look us up online. Our website is bizvideoschool.com. So B-I-Z videoschool.com. Um, you can also just Google us. We'll, we'll pop up and you can read all our five-star reviews that we have on there. Um, but that's probably the easiest place to find us. Lots of information on the website. And then, you know, we're on all the, the major social channels too. So like if you want to check out, like we literally have, you know, dozens of hours of free training on YouTube. Um, there's a bunch of free guides on our website. So if you want to get started, you know, without spending any money, there's definitely some great options out there. Awesome. And I, I will say one other thing too, which is, yeah. you know, if you want to connect with me personally, I'm, I'm happy to, to accept that as well. So, you know, look, look me up on, uh, uh, LinkedIn or Facebook are probably the two best places to get in touch. And it's, it's Nick Niehaus, which is N I E H A U S. If you want to find me on there. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much for, uh, Thank you so much, Nick, for your time. Um, I really appreciate sure. it. I feel like we've only touched the tip of the iceberg on video. There's, I'm sure there's so much more that we could go into, but I think it's a great place for people to start. And again, um, I just really appreciate you uh, taking the time to share your insights on this topic. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. And to all my listeners and viewers, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the PMP podcast. Um, be sure to follow us on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook, on all the various places we have. Of course, also on Spotify, Apple, everywhere. We're going to be um, on all these places. And I want to thank you again for just being part of this as this uh, podcast. So thank you so much. We'll see you again in the next episode.